Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll get to learn some of Daphnun Dalad and Mesechas Psachim. But we'll start in the Mishnah. It's the last thin line in Gimel and Bez. A new Mishnah in our Perik Makam Shinagu, but Minhagim. Today is going to be almost entirely Agadita. I was listening. You guys know this podcast Behind the Bima with Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg? It's very cool. They have a lot of interesting people. So they had, you know, Yoel Gold from uh, California. So Rabbi, he's a storyteller. So he was saying, Chazal also, everybody, it's the stories we tell. And he claimed, Rabbi Goldberg did, that two-thirds of Shas is Agartha. I mean, we started in Brachos. It hasn't felt like two-thirds yet, but uh, although Brachos was a lot of Agartha, but not, not two-thirds yet. So I guess we have a lot of Agartha catching up to do. But everything we do, it's the stories we tell uh, a lot of times in the form of stories. That's how you get a lot of the values and a lot of the lessons. Not, it's halacha, it's stories, it's all intertwined. We're zochah to be learning all of it, and we proceed. It says in the Mishnah, Malkum shenagu lahadlik esaner belele yom ha-kippur, madlikin, Malkum shenagu shelo lahadlik, ain't madlikin. So, like some of the other minhagim that we've been learning about, this minhag of, what is this, ne'er belele yom ha-kippur, it's havdalah, basically. Oh, no, no, rather, no, I apologize. We're going to be discussing havdalah yom kippur. That's not this. This is just having a light lit on Yom Kippur itself, which is to say you're not lighting it on Yom Kippur. No, 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 no. You just have the lights on, on Yom Kippur, night. What's going on with having the lights on Yom Kippur night, we'll see in the Gemara. But anyway, some places were knowing to, yes, have the lights on on Yom Kippur night. Some places were knowing to not have the light on. And as we will see in the Gemara, it was really for the same reason. Whether you have it on or, or whether you have it off for Yom Kippur, it's the same reason. We'll see. Okay, that's minag number one. But in all places, you can light it in shul. And for the sick and in dark alleys. So what's this idea? Do you leave the lights on at night? And what does it have to do with Yom Kippur? What's happening? So says the Gemara, Tana. Okay, so as we explain over here, right, what's this Dover Echad? It's basically, as Rashi explained, that you know that one of the Chameshes Ha'inuyim, one of the things you're not allowed to do in Yom Kippur is, right, Tashmish. You can't cohabit with your wife. And so, some would say that if the lights are on, so then that would be, uh, that would lead, right? That would be a problem. Some would say that if the lights are off, that would be more a problem. In other words, sometimes you might be more prone if the lights are on and you see better. Sometimes you might be more prone if the lights are off and it's more private. And so whether you have the lights on or you have the lights off, the idea is to avoid this, uh, this idea of the Tashmish on Yom Kippur. That's what the minhag was born out of that concern and sort of like a chumrah to avoid the, the tendency over there and to address that concern. Okay. Um, so Amar Rabbi Yeshua, Darash Rava, Vamech Kulam Tzadikim Laolam Yeshu Aretz, Bein Shamar Lahadlik, Vein Shamar Lahadlik, Shneim Lonis Kavnu El Dover Echan. So Rabbi Yeshua was pointing out that this is how Rava Darsh in that Pasuk. What does it mean, Kulam Tzadikim? It means that. Right. Sometimes there's different ways to arrive at the same at the same objective. So 
if half the country is leaving the lights on, half the country is leaving the lights off, the idea is that both of them are, in fact, right, um, both of them are, in fact, trying to accomplish the same thing, a noble, they both of them are doing it for noble reasons. Um, now, right, we know, that's a halacha, right, you're supposed to not have the lights on. So that, that's the halacha. So it could be that like the more firm people who are fo- following that halacha, so they would dafka have the lights a little bit on. You understand? Because they, they're more concerned, they're more compelled by the halacha of Eina the Mishamish or Haner. As opposed to if you're less sensitive to halacha, but for Yom Kippur, you're like a serious Yom Kippur Jew, so to speak, chas v'shalom. So then you're going to be more compelled to maybe have, as Rashi explains, uh, to have the lights off if, if you had a different uh, practice, whatever it were. But be that as it may, the point of it here is everyone has the same objective, which is to be uh, very reverential on Yom Kippur and to keep all of the Chamesh Sinuim. Okay. So now, when we got into the topic of fire, off we go into, uh, into the uh, Agadic world here. Amar Yud Amar Shmuel. Okay, still halacha. When do we make havdalah? So that's a very interesting idea. Andrew, is that like a birchas hanenen? Is that like a bore priyadama? Is that what kind of brachas? It's interesting. Like, like when you make when you when you make kiddush on yain, so you do it every time that you drink, right? Bore priyagafen. Whether you're making kiddush or whether you're actually just drinking wine, you're going to make a bore priyagafen. Okay, so that's interesting. Now, would you make a bore me'oreish every time you light a fire, like a campfire? I mean, you could see one doing so, right? It is an incredible natural phenomenon, and we do make a bracha on it. So why would we only make a bracha on this incredible phenomenon only on Motzei Shabbos? It's kind of an interesting question. So Rabbi Huda said in the name of Shmuel that the only time you make a bore me'oreish is in Motzei Shabbos. Why? Since that's when... Fire was, so this is an interesting thing. What does it mean, tchilas briyaso? Was fire created by man or uh, invented by man or created by Hashem? Well, obviously everything was created by Hashem. So when it says tchilas briyaso, right, clearly, but also on the other hand, man was also involved. There's an amazing tosfos here. Uh, the last tosfos in Gimel and Beis. Eim mevarchen al or el shabbos. This is what we were talking about. Right? Anytime that you have a light, you light a fire, you're supposed to make a bracha. Anytime rather that you have hana, you're supposed to make a bracha. Lighting a fire is certainly an amazing thing. So it's the honey mealy shagufo nene. That when you take in, right, like you imbibe a drink or you eat food, so that your whole body is getting nourished right, uh, or, or um, hydrated, avashar hana'a lo. Other kinds of hana'a, like a sight that you see, or something like that, that it, we know that even smell, when you take in a smell, right, we'll say, that too, right? All the other things we do on Avdallah, on Motzei Shabbos. The besamim you could do during the week. You say, and you, may, and you take a whiff. The grafen you do during the week, you just drink wine. But the fire, for some reason, you're only doing on Motzei Shabbos, says the Tosvos. Right, what's that? That's the bracha we say every day with Kriyashma. 
We make a bracha on the sun. That's like on the phenomenon of it being mitchadish b'chol yom. So just a very interesting question of why we would do this only once a week. So we're going to get a little bit into this topic of the of the Havdalah. Okay, so back in the Gemara. Amalei hahu saba, right? A specific old man. It might be Rabbi Baruchana. There he is back again. Said back, Yoshe, Bechenama Rabbi Yochanan. He said, Yeshekayach. And so said Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan, the great sage of Eretz Israel, also said, You only make the Bracha Barimarish on Motzei Shabbos. Now let's tell a story. Ula have a Rachiv Cham Rabbi Azil. Ula is riding on his donkey. The aforementioned Rabbi Barbarchana, Mismale, this becomes all relevant. And so now, so they're an entourage of three. They're rolling three deep, as we say, in 2016. Okay, it's 2020 now, but anyways. So you have the um, Rabbi Barbarchana is on the right, Rabbi Barbarchana is on his left. Okay. Ula's in the middle. Amale Rabbi Abba from the right. He says to Ula, right? He said, um, is, can it really be true that they say in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that we only make Havdalah on Motzei Shabbos since Tchilas B'Yosahu? Well, you might recall from a second ago, this is literally what Rabbi Barachana had said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Barachana is quietly riding on the... Um, on the left, Hadar Ula Chazabe Barabba Barachana Bishus. So funny thing, Ula gives Barabba Barachana like a death stare, like a stink eye, because somehow Ula intuited that when Rabbi Abba asked him this question, that somehow he got this information from Barabba Barachana, right? Because Barabba Barachana is the one that said that Rabbi Yochanan said that you make Havdalah on Matzah Shabbos, and that's when you say the Bar Bar Ha'esh. But it was quote, but somehow uh, Ula intuited that this was came from Rabbi Barachana. So Amalei, Rabbi answered him, Analava Hai Amri. I never said that. Elaha Amri. Rather, I said the Tani Tana Kamei Rabbi Yochanan. That when the Tana said in front of Rabbi Yochanan, the Brisa that was said in front of Rabbi Yochanan was as follows: Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer Yom Hakipurim Shachalios B'Shabbos Af B'Makom She'Amru Shalola Hadlik. What was the idea? So he said this whole notion that it was Rabbi Yochanan, right, again, we had a statement, the statement was in the name of Shmuel, that we make a, make a Bar Maharish only on Matzah Shabbos. Rabbi Barbarchana came up and said this was in fact the statement of Rabbi Yochanan. Somehow, uh, Ula, this, uh, Rabbi Abba thought that that came from Ula. Ula said, no, 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 Rabbi Barachana just spread this wild rumor that this was something that was said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. But really, that's not what Rabbi Yochanan said. Rabbi Yochanan, you know, it's, it's true that, that Shmuel said this. Rabbi Yochanan was talking about a totally different topic. Well, not totally different, but he had said something different. What was he saying? That when Yom Kippur is on Shabbos, that even if, and this relates back to our Mishnah, Right? That even in places where typically, right, for the aforementioned reasons that we said, where typically they normally would not light a, a nair, 
right? We're talking about from before Yom Kippur. They wouldn't have a near lit. Even in those places, when Yom Kippur falls on Shabbos, you will have a near lit. See how that goes? In other words, when Yom Kippur typically is during the weekday, they would keep it dark in those places. That was the B'mok of Shinagu, Lasso's Cane. But when it was Yom Kippur that fell on Shabbos, Right, we all, we always know Neshalom Bais. You light Shabbos candles, right? So similarly, they would have the Shabbos candles lit on Shab- Yom Kippur Shachalios Shabbos. And to that, the Ani Rabbi Yochanan Basrei, that's where Rabbi Yochanan says Vechachamim Oisrim that the Chachamim didn't allow lighting a lamp even when Yom Kippur fell on Shabbos. So that would be the one Shabbos of the year where they wouldn't light the candle. And, and therefore, that's what he, that's, that was basically the idea that, um, Rabbi, Rabbi Barachana had said, right, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, that he was confused, right? He was actually, Rabbi Barachana was actually referring to this. Aha. Uh-huh. So, Adatehe. Okay. So he says, so when Ula, right, heard that explanation, he, uh, so when, 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 um, uh, Rabbi Abba had heard that explanation. Ula exp- explained to Rabbah that that is right. That I agree that Rabbi Yochanan made that statement in the case of Yom Kippur Shachalios B'Shabbos. But not necessarily the statement that you only make Havdalah on Motzei Shabbos. Okay, so now, Kari Alei Rabbi Yosef. So with regards to this, um, Rabbi Yosef had said a interesting Pasuk. This just basically is not so much with regards to the Halacha, but more with regards to the story. Which part of the story? The part of the story where Ula and Rabbi, Rabbi Barchana had this silent exchange between them as they were riding, where one just looks at each other, at the other funny, and the other one knows exactly what he means, and nobody says anything. It's just a little bit of a twitch of the eye, and they know exactly what he means. To that, Rabbi Yosef said the following pasuk, my mamukim eitza b'lev ish, that when you have what does this mean? It means that, right, when you have people who really get each other, right, you don't need to do, you don't need to do, uh, say much. You can just look at each other and you understand. So it says, right? In other words, Ula understood and, and, and therefore the, it, even in his heart he understood. Let's see the first Rashi as we arrive in the Dalit Aleph. Hevin mashaya belibo shel ula shaya mistakelbo. Isn't that interesting? Right? The ish tvuna idlena is Rabbi Barachana. In other words, right? He's drawing it out. So the lave was ula because ula gave Rabbi Barachana the look and you could tell what was in his heart without even him having to say anything. And ish tvuna idlena, which is referring to Rabbi Barachana, who is a man of understanding, he understood, as Rashi says, what ula had in his heart just by looking at him. So interesting communication between people that when they're together and they know each other well, they can give each other looks and have like these silent communications, um, but it's they're, they're carrying on full conversations without having to say anything because they understand each other so well. And so they had this interesting interaction with regards to the alacha. What was the alacha according to Yochan with regards to the fire, havdalah, light, on Yom Kippur and on Motzei Shabbos. Fine. Now, now, the Inhu Keman Savrua. Okay, so those who refuse to admit that this idea that you only make 
those who refuse to admit that that came from Rabbi Yochanan, where do they learn the halacha that we make the Havdalah? So the Gemara answers, it was Rabbi Binyam Bar Yefes said the name of Yochanan, Mevarchin Hala Or, Bein Bimotze Shabbos, Ben Bimotze Yom HaKippurim, Vechein Amo Dvar. He said, in the name of Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan actually holds that we what? We make Havdalah, we, we make a Borei Meorei Ha'esh, both on Motzei Shabbos and both on Yom HaKippurim. So on Motzei Shabbos and on Motzei Yom Kippur, we make a Borei Meorei Ha'esh, Vechein Amo, the Am. That's how people actually, uh, that's what Rabbi Yochanan had said explicitly, as Rabbi Yom Bayefet has said, that's in fact the halacha that he said. So I don't know why Ula was going to give such a bad stare, because in fact, at the end of the day, Baba Baruchana was in fact essentially correct, except for there was one uh, point of machlokas. The question was, do you only make the fire on Motzei Shabbos, the Barimah or do you also make it on Motzei Yom Kippur? So Rabbi Binyamin Bar Yefes quoted explicitly that this is the halacha, this is what we do. We make a Barimah on Motzei Yom Kippur and on Motzei Shabbos. Aha. So now the question is, do you make it on Motzei Yom Kippur? Do you make a Bar Me'oreish or not? So let's see. Meisvei. We still didn't really get to too much Agadta. Okay, so Meisvei. In other words, why would you only make a Bar Me'oreish on Motzei Shabbos? Because that's when we said, right, that's when the Medrash, that's when we learn, we have a tradition that other Marishon, right, was despondent because he was created in Erev Shabbos and he saw the beauty of Shabbos and he says, Shabbos. And then when the sun set on Motzei Shabbos, on the very first Shabbos of creation, he was so depressed that he didn't know what to do with himself. It was, after all, the first Motzei Shabbos. There was no kosher pizza shop and there was nothing to do. And so Hashem... Uh, gave the power and taught him, in essence, I guess you could say, how to make fire. And that's actually like a little bit of a uh, question. Did he like bring a heavenly fire or did he teach him how to make fire? Um, and so that was the very first sort of Motzei Shabbos activity um, in creation. But be that as it may, that happened on Motzei Shabbos. Aha. And that's why we make a Bar Me'oresh, Dafka on Motzei Shabbos. So it says, So the other interesting thing that they're saying is, when do you make the Bar Me'oresh? Don't forget, when we make Avdallah, we light the Avdallah candle first, then we pour the wine, let's say, then we light the Avdallah candle, we get the whole Avdallah set set up. And then we start with the Bar Piyagafen, and then we go into, right? So, interestingly enough, we don't make a Bar Me'oresh as we're lighting the Avdallah candle, right? We wait, we set everything up, and then we have a sequence Right, of Geffen and then Busamim and then Meoreish. Okay, so let's see. So the Brahsa first of all says that because that was the beginning of creation, that's when we make the Bracha immediately. Rabbi Yudha Omer Sodran Alakos. Rabbi Yudha says that we do it like we do. That set it up, get your whole Havdalah set going, and then start with the Barapir Geffen and do it in order as we do. And sure enough, that is what Rabbi Yochanan said. That that's how we do it, that that's the halacha like Rabbi Yehuda. So now we have two aspects, however, here uh, with respect to Rabbi Yochanan's opinion. Why? Because we had a source here 
that Rabbi Yochanan said, right? Rabbi Yom Yefes says that we make Havdalah Bore Meore Haesh on both Motzei Shabbos and Motzei Yom Kippur. And yet, this Brisa, where Rabbi Yochanan himself said that the Allah is like Rabbi Yehuda, he doesn't mention anything about Motzei Yom Kippur, and he leaves us the implication that you only make it on Motzei Shabbos. So now that's the question. The question is, does Rabbi Yochanan hold that you make Havdalah with a Bore Meore Haesh on Motzei Yom Kippur as well, or only on Motzei Shabbos. That's the uh, implied steer between the two brises. Okay, says the Gemara, lo kasha. No, it's not a steer. Let's resolve it. Kan be'ur Shabbos. Kan be'ur ha'yaitze min ha'yaitze min ha'avanim. Very interesting. When Minyamin Bar Yefa says that you make um, when you that you make a borim or aish, he's talking about what? Ur not Shabbos. Or Shabbos. You know what an Or Shabbos is? You know that uh, expression? People, when they make, did you know this? When you make Havdalah, as we do, on Motzei Yom Kippur, you're supposed to ideally use the Yorzeit candle, not light it anew. Why is that? We're going to see. Or Hayyotzim and Eitzim, so like this. So, Or Hayyotzim and Eitzim Bavani means you strike a match, right? So when do we strike a match and light a Havdalah candle? On Motzei Shabbos. On that, you're going, that's a strictly a Motzei Shabbos activity. Because that was that Boy Scout activity that Adam Arishon did on the very first Motzei Shabbos. To strike a match and light the candle, that is strictly a Motzei Shabbos Indian. And that you only do on Motzei Shabbos. Because that's commemorating Motzei Shabbos. It has nothing to do with Yom Kippur, that's on a Tuesday. It has nothing to do with it, Right? So how do you make a borim? How do you justify making a borim oriyesh on a motzei yom kippur that's on a Tuesday? Rashi, Rashi has the lumdus here, right? So he says the uh, the second to last wide line. He explains it. Beorsh shavas. Oh, let's do the whole thing. Beorsh shavas second line in Rashi. Shabbos shabbos shadalak hayom. Right. In other words, it was all shabbos long. It was lighting the outside candle. We call malcolm lachas avera shabbos shadalak beheter. Um, right? In other words, it's something that you're supposed to have it right beheter. Right? In other words, you had a reason why you did it. We say your side candle. Okay, so they had lighting for a cholah or whatever. Okay, why? How, what are you making the brachan? Says Rashi so interestingly, like Lamdas. It's a davar chiddush. You're making a bracha on the fact that you didn't have hana'ah from this light during the day of Yom Kippur, but now you're allowed to have Hana, so that sort of switch is what allows you to make a bracha even on Motzei uh, Yom Kippur. Wow. Yeah. The Hana was derived, but it wasn't the Chola who was making the bracha. So in other words, in the case of the Chola, the only Hana was derived, as I understand it, only the Chola was allowed to have that Hana. You're saying... Got the benefit that the chola was was being uh, cared for, so is that defined as 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 hana? So again, so maybe he had some sort of hana uh, that the chola was being cared for during Yom Kippur, but now he's getting direct hana from the light itself. Like now he's going to read by the by the light of the of the of, of the fire, maybe. Uh, but that, that that's a that's a good. Um, 
I think, in other words, it's a different kind of Hana, certainly, but you're saying it's a Hana nonetheless. I mean, even if, even if he didn't get a Hana, it's still a Chiddush, right? In other words, what is this idea that you're going from not getting Hana to getting Hana, and that's the bracha. It's interesting. So you're saying, well, that's the bracha sanenin. Yeah, but that could be true of any fire, like when you light it during the week. There's a lot that needs to be analyzed here, right? Like, if you light a strike a match on a Tuesday, so you say, okay, well, that's a strictly Motzei Shabbos activity. You can only commemorate a Motzei Shabbos. That in itself is a chiddush, right? In other words, it's not, it's, we do it every day of the week. We don't only do it on Motzei Shabbos. So, but, so obviously we have some sort of, uh, uh, tension here, some sort of issue, with uh, what kind of bracha Bore Me'oreish is. It seems to be like a brichas shevach v'hoda that's only appropriate when you can sort of document, you know, that something has happened outside of the ordinary because otherwise you're only making that bracha on a Motzei Shabbos. It's a very, it's a, it's something I really honestly never thought about. Uh, the idea of that bracha being like different from the other brachas that we say on Motzei Shabbos, right? The Me'ore Me'oreish has a very unique status. Okay, but it's a good question. Okay, so now we have two different contradictory braces. Tani Chada, based on what we said before, the strictly Motzei Shabbos activity of, of uh, right, Eitzim V'Avanim, of striking a match versus reappropriating the usage of a light. And again, Barry's question notwithstanding, right, in the case where you used a Ursha Shabbos, you took it, it had some function, and now you're expanding perhaps that function for yourself, However, we're going to uh, explain it. We say like this. One Bryce says, There was simply a, right, in the Bryce's, two different versions. Some say that you make a bracha for striking a match, and some say that you don't. But we already, having, a, I think, uh, understood this pretty clearly, we already know where this is going to go. How are we going to explain two Bryce's? Very simply, the Gemara explains, Lo kasha, kan Shabbos, kan Yom Kippur. Right? So that sort of just corroborates everything we've learned. That on Motzei Shabbos, you make a bracha for striking a match. And on Motzei Yom Kippurim, you're only going to make the bracha, you're not going to make a bracha for striking a match, that you're going to use a Ner Shez Shabbos. And that's what Yochanan's statement comes from, that second brisa. Okay, so now we're at the first wide line. And we have a little bit more halacha about Abdullah as follows. Rebbe Mefazran, Rebbechia Mechansan. What's Mefazran and Mechansan? So Lefazer, a Mefuzar Mikfar Azar, is a, um, is a mythical Israeli figure. Uh, not really mythical, but he's the, Mefuzar means that he's a Shlemazel, right? He's scattered. So Rebbe would scatter the brachas of Avdallah, like he'd light the, he would light the Avdallah candle right away, he's saying Maria Eish. And then he's going and he's getting some Asavim, right? He doesn't have Avdallah set. He's just kind of doing it. He's doing all the brachas, but he's doing it as he goes. Right? Mechansan means he organized it, gathered together, put together his Havdalah set, and then he would just start with the Bari Priyagafan, as we do. So Rebbe had our practice. Gemara says, Amar Rebbe Yitzchak Bar Abdimi, Afa Pisha Rebbe Mefazron, Choyzer Vesodron Alakos, Kedelahotzi Bonav Ubnei Veso. Oh, so much that can be said over here, right? But an amazing idea. Rebbe for himself, right? As he's getting like Havdalah ready, I don't know where he was, but, but wherever he was that he was getting Havdalah ready, he was saying the bracha, like, right, he takes this besamim and like he can smell it from where he's taking it. So right away he's saying a borim besamim. He's lighting the, the, the Havdalah candle and right away he's saying borim But then he gathers everyone together and he says Havdalah. 
and everybody comes from wherever they are, you know, turning on <laughs> their phones or, you know, getting their act together, and everybody gathers. By that time already, he's going to be Mozi's whole house like we do, like a regular Havdalah, and he's doing the Borei Priya Gafan and then the Basamim and the Maharish as we do. Well, the big Kasha here, obviously, is, well, he already was Mozi, was Yotze, Havdalah. How could it be Mozi, the rest of his household? So the truth of the matter is, right? Um, there is the concept of arvus that we're responsible for each other. There is such a thing as making Kiddush and or Havdalah in Shul and then making it again for your family when you get home. But it is a giant hawk. And there are people who, right, there's what to say, be even about this. There are people who are careful, Dafka, not to be out to Havdalah in Shul so that they can be mostly their family members. But apparently that was not a concern for Rebbe. Rebbe actually, um, According to the Pashup shot of the Gemara, he would make his own Avdallah and didn't see that as a problem. He would come home and make Avdallah again for his family in an organized fashion with a regular Avdallah set in the order that we are used to. Okay, so now that we discussed these ideas of Avdallah and fire, now we're getting into the Agarata. Let's talk about, let's talk about this idea. So of fire. When was fire created? So the Gemara asks, Urb and Motzei Shabbos Ibri? Ibri as in Nivra, right? The, the fire was created on Motzei Shabbos. Well, yeah, that's the Medrash. That's what we always learned. But says the Gemara, did you notice there's a price of Atanya, Asara Dvarim Nivri Be'er of Shabbos Be'en Hashemashos. There were 10 things, famous price, huh? 10 things that were created on Erev Shabbos, not on Motzei Shabbos. And Eiluhain, these are things, the Be'er, the Haman, the Keshes, these are famous symbolic things, right? We have the the well, Miriam's well, the man, we have the bow, the rainbow, right, uh, of Noah, by the way, the Rabari Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, asks, these are not in chronological order, so he brought some sources down that maybe they were in order of absolute necessity, um, so like without water, we would die sooner than without man, we would last a little bit longer, and the Keshes altogether is kind of like more symbolic. Maybe that's the reason why it's in that order. Okay. Be that as it may, all those things were prepared. Well, why did they have to be prepared ahead of time? Because these are things, there's a whole nice introduction uh, over here, quoting the Maharsha and, or the Gedaliyahu and, and the Tiferes Yisrael, a whole idea of the Hashkafa behind this, uh, of why these things had to be created on Erev Shabbos. In other words, why can't you create things as you go? You're Hashem. You create, create it at any time. Why Dafka Erev Shabbos? It's a very, it's a very interesting idea. Well, apparently, uh, you know, things are, everything was in creation, the way it was organized, according to some of the Farshim, everything built on itself. Nothing was built sort of Yeshmeain. So like if you, we study, right, this goes back to the Rambam. If you study nature, you know Hashem, right? Right, as the Rambam says very famously, by studying nature and seeing the Niflas Habare, you develop a, a love for the Creator because you see how much attention was paid to every detail for our benefit and all these things and really how truly wondrous it is. Okay, so you can go and you can study nature all you want. You're not going to figure out how a donkey talks or why, right? These are things that were yesh me'ayin, that's sort of like outside of the rules of nature. So in order to be actually in Right, history, but outside of the rules of nature, 
they had to sort of be exceptions to the rule that were created at the same time that nature was created. Isn't that uh, philosophically fascinating? Right? In other words, in a way, it's like a Torah Madavar. Why am I saying that? Right? Because we just learned today, actually, that both Barry and Kalman are Musmachim of Wayu. So I had to throw that in. So why is it a Torah Madavar, Andrew? Because it means we're so differential to Mada. Meaning we're so... Uh, Kaddish Baruch Hu created the science to be so consistent that even though he could have, so to speak, done anything, right? He could have just thrown away with it and not have to follow any scientific pattern ever. Just everything could just be at the whim of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. No. He wanted science to be consistent. So much so that there were 10 episodes in history that were connected science that he set up ahead of time. I, what about like the 10 Makos? You know, so no, so, so, so maybe it's true. He did it within scientific, right? There is plausible scientific explanation. And we know we have the 10 Marcus, you know, deniers out there that gave scientific explanation for how these things could, could, um, could, could happen. So to those people who say, yes, yes, of course, scientifically it could happen. But did it happen for you? Did it happen at the right time for you? No. Science was molded, timing, exquisitely done, right, as this is a calendrical coincidence again, right, as we're going to learn about Yitzhiya Smitraim in the next few partios, right, those scientifically explainable things were exquisitely timed for the benefit of Kal Yisrael. That's different, right? Even though you can give a plausible scientific explanation, but why did it happen right then and there in that sequence? It obviously shows that there was a conductor, but even the conductor wanted to, ahead of time, make sure that these 10 things that were completely outside of the rubric of science would be already established beforehand because he wants science to be consistent and thus studied in order to achieve a greater avas Hashem and appreciation for the Niflosabore. Wow, amazing. Okay, so be that as it may, what are these 10 completely out of the realm of scientific explanation things that were created? So again, the man, as we know, bred from the, from the heavens, Keshes, the rainbow, well, the rainbow is interesting because the rainbow, we do have a scientific explanation. Maybe it was just like a more, an even more substantial and amazing rainbow. Okay, that actually, I think some of them unfortunately have addressed that. Okay, but we'll, we'll keep going. As it is, we're going to be amazingly behind. Ksavu michtav v'haluchos, right? So Rashi is explaining what ksav and michtav of the luchos is. He basically says ksav is the tzura of the luchos and the michtav is kind of like the print, if you will. Okay. The Kivash of Moshe, interesting, Moshe's burial place is a supernatural thing. Umar, literally, these things are called supernatural, right? Umara Shamad Bamoshevel Yo. Alright, there was a there was a cleft in a cave. Very interesting. Where both Moshe and Elio stood when they needed, right, a little bit of protection. It was a very protective sort of cleft. Um, after the sin of the Cheta Egel, uh, Hashem, uh, Moshe went into this area, he sensed an Ace Rosson, and he went in there, and that's where he said that you'd give him Midos, and that very self-same rock cave cleft was where the uh, Eliyahu Navi uh, ran and took refuge following uh, the death of Izevel, Ayin Sham, as Rashi says, in Malachim. Anyway, amazing. So there was like this safe space, the first safe, safe space, right? Um, I heard an amazing idea from Jonathan Sachs that... Um, Say the the most dangerous thing. There's nothing less uh, zatzal, nothing less more dangerous than a safe space. 
He says, a safe space is supposed to be when you can express yourself and somebody else can express yourself, themselves and they won't, right? And, and nobody is going to be at each other's throat. Safe, we define it today as a space where you can have your own thoughts and nobody can, and, and without hearing any other thoughts at all. That, he says, is very unsafe indeed. Okay. So that was the first actually physically safe space, this ma'ara. Okay. Psichas piha asan, the opening of the donkey's mouth. It's Rosh Chodesh, Andrew. I'm like in great spirits. I can't stop talking. Psichas piha asan. Speaking of which, the donkey talking. This is Bilam, as you know. Bilam's donkey. Okay. Psichas piha aretz livlos shaim. Right when the land, when the land opened up to swallow Korach ve'adaso. Okay, ve'adaso. So these are the things. Now. Um, so, Rabbi Nechemia, Omer Mishum Aviv, more things. Af ha'ur ve'aperin. That the fire, okay, and the mule were also created at that time. The mule is, right, what, you, what happens when you put together like a horse and a donkey and you get this sterile animal. And so, but however, apparently, this animal did not just come from there. It came, actually, was created. It's an, it's, it's an anti- uh, natural, supernatural kind of animal. Also, the ram that Avram Avinu found at the Akeda, and the Shamir worm, which we know is a very special kind of worm that could penetrate anything. And Oimer, amazingly, Af Hatzvas. Also, the tongs. This is almost like a riddle. Fire iron tongs. Why would, why would the tongs need to be created on Friday? Because how do you make tongs? You hold tongs to the flames. Okay, but in order to do that, somebody had to have created the first pair of tongs. Okay, who are you, What? Yeah, so indeed, Rabbi Huda was going to say, Tzavta b'tzavta misabda. Tongs are made with tongs. V'tzavta kamaisa ma'anavad. So who made the first pair of tongs? So you say, halai brei bidei shemaimi. Is it not that it has to be perforce, right? Obviously, it had to be made um, the tongs had to have been created somewhere where Adam Marishan could find them and then make tongs from them. Or, Chacham said to Rabbi Yehuda, Amalei in the Beis Medrash, all right, listen, Efshar Yasena bitfus vikbena kevan, I'm sorry, bitfus vikbena kevan hai lai brei bide adamhi. In other words, yeah, I don't think the tongs were created on Erev Shabbos, the original uh, forceps, because really you could just make a mold and then from the mold, make the first forceps. Now, of course, you can't make a mold for every forceps because that's not the most efficient way to make it. It's a little bit more labor-intensive. But for the first forceps, you'll go through that. And then going forward, you'll use forceps to make forceps. A very interesting Gemara here. Okay, fine. Now, be that as it may, Rabbi Nechemia, you might have noticed, mentioned the fire was created on Erev Shabbos. Wow, it was one of the supernatural things created on Erev Shabbos. So which is it? Was it created on Erev Shabbos or was it created on Motzei Shabbos? That was the point of bringing this. So the Gemara says, Lo kasha ha-be'ur didan, ha-be'ur de gehenem. The fire that we get when we light a match, that, that uh, Hashem gave Adam Rishon the ability to light, to strike that match right on Motzei Shabbos. But the fires of Gehenem, that's what was created on Erev Shabbos. Uh, as the Gemara continues to say, Ur didan be Motzei Shabbos and Ur de gehenem be Erev Shabbos. Okay. Says the Gemara, or the Gehenna Erev Shabbos Sibri? What? Erev Shabbos was when the fires of, of, of hell were created? The Hatanya, Shiva Dvarm Nivru Kodim Shinivra Oilam. That there were seven things that were created before the whole world was created, not Erev Shabbos, before anything else. 
And these are Torah as we know, right? That Hashem created the Torah and then looked at the Torah and created the world, so to speak. Uz Shuva, the concept of Tshuva, Vigan Eden Vigahenim. All of this, obviously, a lot of allegory, like we don't even know what is any of this really philosophically means, but be that as it may, these things were the foundations that were already set in place before the creation of the world itself. And finally, the base of Mikdash, and right, you say the name of, of Mashiach, the identity of Mashiach, whatever Shemosh Mashiach means. Uh, our school quotes the Ben Yehoyada saying that the names, the actual names of Mashiach, uh, can bring sort of like uh, influence from the from from uh, Shemaim down to earth. Or you could just say, right, the identity of Mashiach, like who is Mashiach? That was already predetermined. Could be anyway. All these things were predetermined prior to the creation of Earth, and one of those things was the flames of Gehenna. And so, how can we say that they were created at erev Shabbos? So it says, and first, before we say that, let's bring Psukim to corroborate that all these things were created before the world. So, Psukim, so first, Mishlei, Torah, Dechsev, Hashem Kanani Reishis Tarko. So, Reishis, we know it's Torah. Reishis is before everything. That's what that means. Tshuva, Dechsev, Beterm, Harim, Yuladu. Before the mountains were born, that's when Hashem uh, made uh, Tshuva. Uh, I mean, that's when he says, that's when he made the earth. And then, and then in the next Pasuk, it talks about Tshuva. So it connects the Tshuva to that which was created before the, world, the earth. Uh, this one is an easy one. You'll recognize it from Chumash. Right, so Mikedem, usually we think that means that it's like, Right, uh, talking about geographically where it is, but it could also mean that Gan Eden was created Bikenim, like before the earth. Okay. Gehenim dechsev ki aruch me'esmol tafteh. Tafteh was was prepared. Tafteh being Gehenim before me'esmol, before the creation of the world. Kisei covered base mikdash dechsev. Kisei covered marom mirishon makom mikdashenu. All these things were mirishon. We know when we say mirishon, we means first, primarily. Okay, before the earth. And Shmo Shemashiach, Dechsevihi Shmo Leolam, Lifnei Shemesh Yinon Shmo. That his name was Yinon, right? Before we even created the sun. Okay, so we have Psukim to corroborate the idea that all these things were created before, right? The earth was created. So Amre, Chalalahu Denivra Kodem Shenivra Olam. So what they said was, well, how, how do you answer this? This, con- this contradiction that Gehenim sounds like it was created before the earth and yet we say that it was created, it was one of the things that was created on Erev Shabbos, Ben HaShemashos, simple. Like they say in Israel, like the halal, right? I'm expanding into the halal, the, the airspace underneath. I'm going to turn it into a machsan. So here, the actual, right, there was a, Gehenna was a construction project. The actual, right, uh, construction was done before the earth was done, but then they lit the fires of Gehenna on Erev Shabbos. That, that was the process there. Okay. Says the Gemara, What, the fires of Gehenna were on Erev Shabbos? So it sounds like the light that Hashem created what? Well, we know that there was a light on the second day of the week. So he said, that light will never be ex- extinguished. Why on the Sheni B'Shabbos, you'll notice where you always have the words, Ki Tov, 
but not on Monday, because one of the lights that was lit was Mipneshaniver, but Orshel Gehenim was the light of Gehenim. Right? Aha. And Rabbi Lazar said to this that even though you didn't say Kitov on Monday, he says the Torah afterwards included that Kitov in the sixth day. Because it says, He said that that was very good. Be that as it may, it sounds like the fires were created on Monday. So what's going on? So it says the Gemara, we, okay, Ella, Chalala Kodim Shenivra Olam. The space of Gehenna was created before the world was created. And the fire was created on the second day, like we said, right, on the second day of creation. And then our fire. So now we have separate episodes. Again, the construction of Gehenim was the actual physical layout was done, right, uh, the, uh, on, before the creation. And the fires of Gehenna were lit on Monday. So then what are the episodes that are before Shabbos, on Erev Shabbos and on Motzei Shabbos? So on Erev Shabbos, it was B'machshava Ola Libaros. What does that mean? It means that that was the idea, the thought of creating fire, of giving it to man, was on Erev Shabbos. But the actual, right, or, or almost like the concept that fire could be created, right, was on Erev Shabbos. We're talking about the man fire now, striking a match, but the potential, as it were, would, was on Erev Shabbos, and then that potential was actualized by man himself on Motzai Shabbos as the first Motzai Shabbos activity uh, in recorded history. We have a couple more minutes on this Rosh Chodesh at 6.08 a.m., and we're already about to daven. This is like uh, okay, so now Titania, like we said in the Brisa, Rabbi Yossi Omer, Shnei Dvarim Alu B'Machshavli Baris Be'erev Shabbos, that there were two things where potential was created in Erev Shabbos. This amazing concept of potential being created and then actualized later. V'lo Nivruad Motzei Shabbos, and we're not actualized until Motzei Shabbos. Over Motzei Shabbos, Nasan Kadosh Baruch Hu Dea Be'Adam Arishon. And amazingly, this creative ability that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had done, he had passed on, he had put in the potential Erev Shabbos and passed on the creative ability to man on Motzei Shabbos. And what are they? He gave man the two stones, the first Boy Scout activity, ground the two stones together, and H came out. He brought two animals, a horse and donkey together, crossbred them, and that's where he got the mule. So those were the two things. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, Fared be may Anaya. Wait, he says that that was first created in the days of Anna. As it says, Who Anna Asher Matzah es Hayemim Bamidbar. Anna discovered the mules in the desert. Okay, so now that has to be, the idea of the mules has to be reconciled. So we have maybe a minute. Okay, but I think that this would be a good place to stop because, uh, this, because Sivon and his story with his mother and Anna. It's good, it's good, uh, reading on your own. And then we're gonna get to the brysa of the Sar, Asar Dvarim, a different brysa of Asar Dvarim that we're gonna actually quote, actually the same brysa, essentially says the same exact thing. The Asar Dvarim Niverbear of Shabbos. And then we add on the Makloshel Aaron with the Shkedim and Prachim that we're gonna read of later, uh, later on in Bamidbar. And then, uh, afterwards, um, I leave, I apologize, but we leave all of Dav Bey's uh, for homework as we move on 
Uh, we will resume. We'll talk about scheduling, about when we were going to resume uh, next week. So I wish you now a happy Rosh Chodesh and a good Shabbos.